Hi there, my name is Jay, the co-host and metalcore enthusiast here at Poolside Podcast. Every day, our co-hosts and producers alike put their time, money, and patience into this podcast. A small monthly subscription to our Patreon keeps our co-hosts off the streets, from arms dealing with the cartel and bargaining their very own life force with ancient deities for more airtime and better show quality. Every dollar of your wonderful subscription goes back into the show and supports the community that it has created. A nominal subscription will get you extra perks in our Discord server, stickers and control of our bi-weekly playlist challenge, and more. Please visit patreon.com slash poolsidepodcast to be a hero, to subscribe, and to save Blake from selling his blood to yet another voodoo witch. Your time with us and subscription is always appreciated. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Poolside Podcast. My name's Derek. My name is Jay. And my name is Blake. And today we are doing a mid-year review of 2021. Absolutely. So at the end of December, we did an episode over our top five anticipated albums of 2021. Uh, Blake actually wasn't on that episode, but since he joined the show as a co-producer, he's definitely taken on the role as a host. And uh, we've enjoyed the dynamic that he brings to the show. So golf claps. Lightly, very lightly. Thank you very much. Blake, Thank it's you. been awesome to have you on the show. I've had so much fun. So, Blake, if you can remember what your mindset was at the end of December, because like Jay said, you weren't on the top five anticipated albums of 2021 episode. Back in December, what albums were you anticipating coming into 2021? Well, my mindset in December was like, holy shit, I'm joining Poolside. <laughs> Did I listen to enough music? Evidently, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I feel okay. that I got a lot less than a handful of albums and material from 2020 that left me uncertain on how things would pan out for Metalcore in 2021. But like throughout 2020, I basically listened to all of my old favorites. Like I like jumped back into like uh, post hardcore stuff like that. That was just like I didn't know what to listen to because I was just so uncertain about like what was going to be coming out this year and next year. So I just wanted to like get back into nostalgia with a lot of things. Okay, so what were like some of those bands, albums specifically because you've done like interviews and such on the show so far, but we've not really had you on to like break down your music taste so much. So, and I know one of our Patreon listeners recently said they want to hear more of you. So here's your spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> they paid for you, bud. Yeah, they sure did. And this is no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. This is where I ruin it. So, uh, what I was listening to in 2020 was new dream on dreamer, which was basically like their last album. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of was into the Amity, the Amity affliction album, uh, that a lot of people didn't really resonate with. Uh, Silverstein, I was like totally into that album. For sure. Like Moss of Flames, obviously, and a lot, and I say a lot of Kingdom of Giants. For sure. I, I've heard you talk about Kingdom of Giants so much. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> so anticipated albums wise for this year, what were you looking forward to? Well, when I recall back to when we were talking about anticipated albums, I was more looking forward to a lot of the aforementioned things that you guys came up with, like We Came as Romans, Miss May I. Some of my little sidebars were Caskets, which was Captives, and Every Time I Die in Landmarks. And I would just say right now, Landmarks kind of disappointed me a little bit. So, hmm. Yeah, just a little bit. A lot of it. It was a bit of a flop. So this definitely is not the normal Poolside episode. Of course, for this episode, we decided to take listener questions, and we love getting questions to talk about on the show because it means you all help shape the episode. So our Patreon supporter Devin asked, how would you rate the first half of this year as opposed to the first half of last year in terms of releases? 
based on either amount of releases so far or the quality of them. So it might be a multiple parter. I find that last year's releases tend to be more in line with my tastes, but I don't uh, I don't think that's anyone's fault. It's not like objectively worse. It's not bad by any means. I think there's just less bands that I'm interested in this year in particular. But yeah, I've been surprised by a couple this year that kind of just, you know, swept the floor. Uh, Brand of Sacrifice, namingly. I mean... That entire album was like a cinematic masterpiece. 100%. And same deal with uh, The Devil Wears Prada, which we just did a review of. And I historically have not liked The Devil Wears Prada that much. Maybe back in their early days when they were kind of just the only ones doing it. But uh, yeah, it it was just just not what uh, struck my fancy, you know? Right. Last year had five of my all-time favorites, which were Currents, Dance, Gavin Dance, Polaris, Loathe, uh, Invent, Animate. So, so far, I only have two big releases for me now, which is The Devil Wears Prada and Brand of Sacrifice, like I said. So we'll see what kind of Spirit Box brings, and later on in the episode I'll talk about some more. But However, I do want to see where quarantine being more a regular thing and people kind of finding that accommodation finding that groove into workarounds will affect this year's music because i think it'll be much more streamlined process this time so because it's been quite a while since last year i just want to kind of give the listener an idea of what was released the first half of last year so i'm just really mentioning notable releases No offense to like the smaller bands or anything, but these were the larger releases of 2020. So we had Lorna Shore, they released Immortal on January 31st. We had Loathe, they released I Let It In and It Took Everything on February 7th. Polaris released The Death of Me February 21st. Silverstein in March. Code Orange in March. Invent Animate in March. Then August Burns Red on April 3rd, so... Pretty much around the world, COVID hit mid-March, pretty much. Yeah. That's when yeah. the whole world was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> not to bring, you know, the news into the podcast by any means, but everyone was starting to be affected mid-March. So, of course, the stuff that was released basically like mid-March, that was scheduled already, and it wasn't going to be affected by COVID. So, post-COVID announcement and, like, social distancing, things like that. We had the August Burns Red album, Guardians, April 3rd, Dance Gavin Dance, Afterburner on April 24th. And then I just wanted to include The Ghost Inside. They're self-titled. I know it was released June 5th, so it's not quite like a by June 1st kind of release. And then we also had Currents, which you mentioned, Jay, which uh, they released The Way It Ends also on June 5th. So, like, to start the year, like, that's a lot of, like, solid releases. Yeah, those are really big presences in the scene. So, I, I feel like they overshadowed a lot. But I also want to say that I, I'm, like, really impressed that the likes of, like, Currents. I mean, Dance Gavin Dance probably has a lot more resources, uh, a lot more, like, go-to people, if as it were, uh, to get that album out. And I know it did get delayed a little bit, but I mean, that's still pretty impressive. Like that was like peak COVID panic. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. They still like made that happen. So props to all those bands that like still, you know, put their music out there and we're like, you know, this isn't going to stop us. So, you know, you guys, you guys did a great job. So I do want to mention the notable releases to this point in 2021 again. I'm sorry if I don't name your favorite band, but these are just the things that have ended up on our radar. Albums like the Architects album that was released in February, the Brand of Sacrifice album, Lifeblood, Holding Absence, Landmarks, Darko, The Devil Wars Prada, and Of Mice and Men. All of those bands have released something at this point, most of those being like February or March. We've not seen too much action lately. The biggest things being like Darko and Zombie 2. Yeah. So, Blake, with that said, what what about you? How has this year compared to last year? The first half of last year, anyway. Okay, so there were some 2020 releases that we got. We listened to them and we criticized them because we had so much time to do that mm-hmm. because we were just sitting on our asses. I feel like there are expectations toward band, towards bands and material-wise material and... And there was like a weight of concerts being canceled and bands having to just reevaluate a lot of situations. Right. Because like 
it was a world changing event because you know one day everyone's touring, releasing music like normal, right? And then just one day changed everything. It's like, hey, here's how you do everything. Forget about it. Things are about to change for like the next two years, <laughs> and that's still uncertain on the yeah. on that time frame. Yeah. So we don't know. So at that point, I'm thinking these bands have to really figure out how to write good music or it's just going to fail. So out of all of the releases that I kind of talked about for this year so far, what were you expecting or what would you say would be one of the most anticipated albums this year? So Architects was obviously one of the hot topic releases of 2021, and it just disappointed a lot of the masses. Now, it wasn't highly disappointing for me. I'm still listening to it, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything else about that because (laughs) I'm still listening to it. Okay. (laughs) All 15 songs, right? All 15 songs. All 15, baby. And what I'll do is I'll listen to it only throughout from start to finish. That is how I listened to that album. Okay. Okay. But Brand of Sacrifice just set a whole new standard in so many facets. Right. They definitely set a new bar of, especially, I don't want to say deathcore, because a lot of people are saying, this is good deathcore. No, it's just good music. It's good whether you like deathcore or not. And I think a lot of people were like starting to figure out that they like those heavier elements and they didn't know how to wear that. So that they were saying, oh, this is good deathcore. But no, it transcended the genre and it found itself in people who normally don't listen to music so intense. Yeah. It looked at the entire alternative scene. It was like, hold my beer. Yeah. Watch this shit. (laughs) Right. That (laughs) is like a work of production, first of all. Amazing musicians on top of that. And then, like, all of this is a concept album. Like, there's just so many variables going on there that they just got, like, absolute S tier on every single one of them. It's pretty impressive. (laughs) Like... So comparatively for 2020 compared to 2021, what would be your comparison between the two as far as like the first half of the year goes? So there's a lot of overlooked bands from 2020 that didn't get a lot of attention because I feel it's because there was a lot of hype and like a lot of overhype Mm -hmm. from releases that did not deliver or was like you had a two week stint where your album was good. I think we found, you know, a few bands this year because yes. Like you said, there was so much music last year that probably got a lot of hype that otherwise normally probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. just because a lot of people were on social media, which meant a lot more sharing mm-hmm. and I'm not going to name any off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. there definitely were some bands that deserve that spotlight a little bit more. So, Derek, how would you answer Devin's question? So, I'm taking somewhat of a different approach from what you all said, because I anticipated there being more releases at this point in 2021, because last year was like, okay, we don't know what to do, but it kind of seems like COVID is having a bigger impact this year than last year, because... Last year, you would almost not realize that there was a virus going around stopping stuff because there wasn't really a shortage of music releases. Right. And that's just kind of confusing given that states aren't really locked down anymore. And almost everyone in this music industry has adapted to working remotely. So I think what it was is like when this thing first started and everybody was kumbayaing essentially, it was like <laughs> artists do art and stuff. It kind of like rallied the troops, I guess. And everybody yeah. was like, you know, we were trying to like be a community, which is it's just good. I'm not knocking this. It's a good thing. It was all great. It was nice. But I feel like that just kind of like faded off. <laughs> It just nerfed darted, you know? Yeah, that <laughs> okay. happened pretty quickly. <laughs> and then that, that ending point of that proverbial uh, nerf dart there is where we're at now. And I feel like just all the big names like got together. They were like, we have to put something out for COVID. We can't tour. These you know fans need stuff. So, you know, they put all their work into that one. And now they're still out of breath, which is 2021. And for all the albums that I listed off, there's like 10 albums that I named off. You would think, oh, wow, with those names, you would expect something high quality. But out of everything that released in the first half of last year, the only one that still stands out to me now is the Polaris album, The Death of Me. And that was my number one album of last year. Mm -hmm. So surface level last year looked pretty good in the first half. 
with the bands that had released music up to this point in the year. But like I said, Polaris is the only one that I look at that list. I'm like, this is the only front to back album that I really care for. I mean, there was Silverstein's album, which I liked half of, and it was pretty good. And then I like a handful off of Currents. And then, you know, we gave Loathe an outstanding review, but that just didn't stick with me. Like, it's good when you listen to it initially, but... It only really matters if you're still listening to it six months down the road. Right, because we're not really listening to any of that now. Like, we're not, like, trying to go back to those albums. I listened to that album, like, six months ago when I was trying to figure out, like, my favorites of the year, and I've not listened to it since. Yeah, so when we did that review, you know, I I said in there that it was very much so, like, an experience, Mm -hmm. and I still hold true to that. Like, if I can't listen to the whole thing, I think there's maybe one or two songs that I'd actually, like, pick out. So that's that's a lot of time to, like, sit down and, like, you know, consume an entire... uh, That album's, like, an hour and change, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, if I don't have time to do that, which is pretty much always, it's really not going to get that many listens for me. And that's what music's for. It's for listening. It's like, it can be artistic, it can be whatever, but at the end of the day, we want to listen to good music and we're going to listen to music that stands out most to us. And unfortunately, that's not one that really held up in terms of just being an everyday listen. As far as this year goes, 2021 up to this point, there's less releases and that's somewhat surprising to me given that things have improved, but I also have my thoughts of why there's less releases. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but I think that right now at this point, there's actually better releases. There's less music out but there's better quality. And you had mentioned that Jay, there's brand of sacrifice and the devil wears Prada. I feel like those have been able to shine so much because we're not being bombarded with a ton of releases. Like if a lot of other names were releasing stuff right now, Honestly, these may not have as much of a chance. Like, Brand of Sacrifice, probably. The Devil's Prada was bound to succeed either way, just because they had an established name for, like, the last 15 years, pretty much. But Brand of Sacrifice probably wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. No, they were definitely, like, very cutting edge. Everything they did was experimental. And, you know, if if it was very saturated market at the time that they had come in, I don't think that they would have gotten the, I'm going to say correct amount of clout. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so yeah, very much, very much agree. Derek, you and Jay had done a top five anticipated albums of 2021 episode. What I'm curious about is what has changed for you at all? Is there like did the list change? What's a new top five? Okay, good question. Jay, I'll let you take this one. So yeah, my my top five anticipated was number one, first of all, Spirit Box. I feel like that's a pretty common number one at this point. Number two is Whitechapel. We have not seen Whitechapel's release yet. Uh, Three would be We Came as Romans. Uh, Again, haven't seen that yet. Number four, After the Burial. Not sure if that's confirmed, but I'd like to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number five was a tiny little uh, project band called Head Cave. I remember you mentioning that one. Has that list changed any for you? Because like you mentioned, like out of those top four, the only band that's announced anything is Spirit Box. And that was just the other day. Um, So, yeah, it has changed a little bit, but not by a whole lot. Those top four are still anticipated for me. That's that's okay. pretty much exactly. I, I would switch up Whitechapel with Spirit Box just because I already know where Spirit Box is going with this. Mm-hmm. I doubt they're going to have anything on that album that I'm just going to be like, mind blown. Yeah. It'll still be great, but I don't think it's going to catch me by surprise. Whitechapel, as of current, is radio silent. I don't know of anybody who knows what the new Whitechapel album is going to sound like. So, However, Phil Bozeman and like their Instagram stays pretty active oh yeah right yeah. so like that's a good thing because they're like engaging with fans still so it's not like a lot of bands they just completely fall off the face of the earth people are like okay where are you they're actually <laughs> like really active with their fans which is a good thing right because they're showing us a chart of like the whiteboard of how they're progressing with the record 
And right. I think that shows something that that other bands should show to their fans as promise. I think it's definitely really neat, like especially as an invested fan who's been there, you know, for X amount of years at this point. I think it's really cool that they're like, you know, hey, you know, we're we're working as hard as we can on this, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep giving little teasers about it, and then like sometimes it's just Phil Bozeman's dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've posted that before. Like, it's like a like a hot dog or a, or yeah, a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you know I, I think it's always interesting to see the two sides of phil bozeman and like one he's doing like covers of suicide silence <laughs> and you know just absolutely tearing it up with those just demonic ass gutturals and then he's just like look at my cute little doggy he <laughs> dyes his hair and everyone freaks out and he's like guys i'm not keeping this <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking Slim Shady, Jesus Christ. And someone's like, okay, but when are you doing it again? He's like, I'm serious. Once this is out, it's done. It's done. (laughs) Never again. I I look at his face sometimes, and I think he looks like Dean from Supernatural. I get that. I get that. So he's attractive. He is. He's a a good-looking man. I'll admit that. All right, Jace. So you had mentioned that Head Cave was your number five. They released something, right? They did, and... It was interesting. I feel like what they what they put out is abstract art in sonic form. Okay. You can take that analysis and do with it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's Jay being nice voice or right. what. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely tongue in cheek. It's a band comprised of like very OG met like it has a member of In Flames, it has a member of Night Versus, there's other mm. ones too, which would make you think very notable. Very, very, yeah, very notable characters, Mm -hmm. okay, which would make you think that, wow, this band is going to have exceptional quality since these people have 20 years of experience in the field. And then it sounds like they literally recorded it on their MacBook microphone in their mother's garage. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Which is where the abstract art comes in. (laughs) Yeah. Just make it happen. So that's that's why. So I'm actually going to take out my number five, and I think I'm going to add in Diamond Construct... I think that's very much more place for you because you've talked about Diamond Construct more than you've talked about Head Cave in the past three months. Now, Diamond Construct um, had a very promising EP release. I actually copped one of those on vinyl. It's very satisfying. It's very quick, very clean. A little bit of genty, proggy stuff in there, but like nothing that's not easy listening. But uh, I'm really curious to see where they go because I think that they could have a very solid, organized like band structure going on mm-hmm. song structure going on and it would you know they would catapult them quite a quite a long while and i would even put them up there with like invent animate on that kind of level absolutely i think you're more onto something with them than head cave i'm curious because you've gushed a lot about vola hmm. the last few weeks the last few months it's not mentioned here Right. Were they someone that you were looking forward to this year, or was this more recent? I actually found them recently, I think in April. Okay. I, they they kind of like just the tipped with me um, on my Spotify yeah. random playlist every once in a while. And uh, so in April, I was like, all right, fine, I'll listen to you. And then <laughs> that is all I listened to up until they released this latest album. <laughs> okay (laughs) absolutely very very cool go check out vola they are just it's v-o-l-a i second that i think they're from denmark i don't know (laughs) that's what you told me like 99 percent positive it's a denmarkian they are danish swedish danish oh okay yeah i love cheese danishes (laughs) i like a strawberry cheese danish Sounds very good, which after this episode, I'm going to uh, be eating a buttermilk pie. I've never had one before. I want to know about that. Picture it didn't happen. I will let you know. I despise buttermilk with every fiber of my existence. I don't know why, but that's okay. Interesting. You cook, you cook so much, and then like you're despising buttermilk, and I like. There's just something. I'm like just confused. Buttermilk, <laughs> cottage cheese, yogurt. It's mostly dairy things. What about like buttermilk breaded things? I, I can get around that, like because you're okay. not actually like tasting the buttermilk, right. but people will be like, "Oh yeah, it's sweet buttermilk. It complements the blah 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 and the broccoli rob." I'm like. <laughs> Keep your fucking buttermilk. And with that said, uh, you should definitely check out Witness by Vola. Yeah. (laughs) And keep your fucking buttermilk. It's some good shit. Like, just get in your zone. Like, just watch the videos 
Jay sent me like two videos of Vola and said, hey, man, just watch this. It was late. It was late at night. And that was, I was uh, like, 24 light years. It sure was. And I was like, dude, uh, this is good. I think that anyone who listens to the music that we listen to would appreciate it no matter what. Absolutely. We're definitely plugging Vola very hard right now. So, uh, Derek, what was what was your top five anticipate? I don't, I don't even remember at this point, to be honest. So we actually had a very similar list. Sparebox was also my number one. And then Crown the Empire was my number two. Not that anything had even been talked about or teased by the band, but they are a band that I've just been like more into since their last album. And I think I may have seen something on Andy's story recently about them being in the studio. I'm not sure. I just saw him sitting next to a guy that was on a computer. <laughs> Just a random guy. He was just in Starbucks and there's a guy over there typing emails. He was like, check this out. Watch. So maybe like they're doing something. I'm not sure, but it would still be interesting to see if they release something this year. I would certainly like it. And then number three was Beartooth. Number four was Whitechapel. And then last but not least was Miss May I at number five. So I forgot about Miss May I's promises. Right. Coming into this year... That was my top five anticipated albums. First of all, I entirely forgot about Miss May I. Which I'm pretty sure the album is done. It's just now like waiting for it to be announced. Just like We Came As Romans. I I get that there's like a business process behind it and, you know, legal to go through and all that fun stuff. But like Miss May I has been missing for a while. So missing May I. Missing May I. Uh, Missing May I. (laughs) <laughs> Missing Miss May I. They definitely confirmed that they that the mix is completely done and we're just awaiting a release. And I'm not sure what label it's on, but uh, it's Sharp coming. Tone. They're signed to Sharptone. Which I'm kind of curious because Sharptone bands tend to have like a leeway to kind of do whatever. I've yeah. noticed because there's no like two sharp tone bands that like, I mean, obviously they sound similar because there's like popular <laughs> fads, but you know, like everybody kind of has their own deal. Whereas like you can, you can pick a couple of rise bands off. You can pick a couple of Sumerian bands off. So I, I'm kind of curious as to what they're going to do now that they're on sharp tone. That's going to be interesting. As far as like my top five anticipated albums, it definitely has changed. And I would like to say that, had the Devores Prada announced Zombie 2 like last year, that would have for sure made my top five, understandably, because mm-hmm. love the first one so much. Yep. And I've been waiting for them to go heavy again. It's not that like everything else is bad. It's just my preferred sound from that band is their heavier stuff. Right. Again, there's not really much indication about Crown the Empire if they'll release anything this year. So I'd say that's probably okay to count them out for 2021 just because there's not even been mentioned so beartooth i know is you know your pinnacle so what's going on with beartooth right now so for beartooth i think that they're just going to release a beartooth album that's the best (laughs) way you can possibly explain it and if you think about it like that's a pretty good thing because no one sounds like them true they don't really sound like anyone else true so I feel like Caleb Shomo has put that band in, like, I don't want to say unique, a unique position, but no one sounds like them. And I think that's by design. And I'm okay with that. That and I've seen some Beartooth shows. Like, they're very, very passionate. Like, they're excellent performers. And there's a lot of bands that should be excellent performers and they're just kind of lame. Right. Like, Fall Out Boy. And just to be honest, I mean, Beartooth has had that sound since Aggressive, so we're now on the third album of Beartooth sounding that way, so it's not like a surprise anymore. It's not like Fit for a King last year when they released The Path, and it was something, it's like, what the heck is this? Beartooth has sounded like this since 2016. I will say that the the singles that they have released this year, I was very, very surprised with that sound because that's something that I had noticed is like aggressive sounded the same uh, mm-hmm. what was, all the way up to what was the last one? Disease. Yes. It changed a little bit, but by and large, it still had like the same kind of, I don't know, timbre in the instruments. Like it, it had yeah. the same vibe. But this one, I don't know. I feel like it's it has like a more metalcore-esque feel to it. 
it has like a groove to it that wasn't there before. It was much more thrashy. I would like to say it's almost like Rob Zombie in a way. Yeah, like I get that. Like it has like a funk to it almost. And I really dig it, to be honest. Like th- those new ones, I think the mix is weird as hell. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And that's something that I kind of missed out on on the-, the first couple of albums. That's something else that a lot of people have been mentioning is the mix. And if you think about it, the style of music like 10 years ago wasn't known for like its production. No. Like it was a very like raw thing and it almost had a place in this like non-perfect production. So like I'm almost not even like faulting Beartooth anymore for maybe not sounding perfect or sounding like their peers because I mean it's just rock music. So like I almost embrace that. What I question is the intention to make it sound like that because i mean like you you look at caleb shomo who's been in multiple bands across the scene bands with like attack attack with incredible production work really early on that's like mm. still relevant and then you know working with and for other bands i'm, I'm just like amazed that like that's what he chose it should wouldn't yeah. be an obvious choice for me and that's why it's weird i feel like it just has a filter on it like i feel like it, it should be mm. here and it's just not quite reaching it for me but i get why people like it and yeah i mean i understand the aesthetic i just don't understand why so i guess that has to come from him i think that's just the best explanation with Beartooth is you don't know <laughs> and like you just kind of have to take it you don't know until you no 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 oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Like I said, Spirit Box was my number one coming into this year. And at this point, they've released four out of the 12 songs that will be on their album Eternal Blue, which has been announced for September 17th. And let me say this, and I don't mean it in any kind of like overjudgmental way or to be harsh, but what I've heard from this album so far is not enough for me to pre-order the album. Interesting. For me, Constance is the only song that has really stuck for me. I know that Circle With Me will be on there. Constance, like I said, Holy Roller is going to be on there. And then the new song that they just released, Secret Garden. Yep. Out of all of those, the only one that has really stuck with me is Constance. And I know that's probably surprising because we just talked about Circle With Me a few weeks ago, but like literally three days after we reviewed it, I was like, I've heard what I need to hear from this. I get that. I think that Spirit Box still kind of, I'm willing to bet there's still like one song in there that's going to be, it's going to be the one, you know, it's going to have like some absolutely nasty shit in it. I don't know. I have no idea. We have no way to confirm this, but you know, even still, I definitely think that it's going to have its surprises. I did pre-order it. I did not get the one I wanted, but... I mean, like, the, the vinyl variants look beautiful. Like, they look amazing. And it's one of those things that I wish I liked it more, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to spend money just because something looks nice. Yeah, I get that. I think a lot of it, for me, has to do with it being pushed back to September. Yeah. And from what I saw is it's because of things like merch and vinyl orders so it's like a logistics thing rather than hey these people still are not really getting to go to shows because right now like there's still restrictions a lot of festivals don't even happen for like another month two months and for someone that's not going to be going to festivals and stuff this year just based off my own personal preference i still want new music right now so to wait four months I guess three months now and there's already four singles out like that kind of ruins the anticipation for me and I say that from a personal level I don't say that from a business level because I don't know the ins and outs of you know what they could be like dealing with from a business standpoint this is just me as a fan like last year the iron was hot and then even the beginning of this year that iron was still hot circle with me prime time to like i thought okay so we're going to get an album fairly soon right they were kind of a band about like their thing was singles 
mm-hmm. because the only like full release they had before this was from 2017. Right. So they've been a band about singles for how many years now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now you still have singles and you still have to wait several months before the album comes out. But Courtney LaPlante has been saying that they've been writing these songs for a long time, especially like since 2017. And Secret Garden is where Spirit Box starts for me. I've been impressed with every single release so far, but Secret Garden, as downplayed as everybody can find it to be, I just think that that's where it's at. That's where you, that's where we're going to find that cohesive album. That's where we find that glue that puts every song together. And that's fine. Like, like as a single, I don't think it's a great single. But you know what? Most bands don't release, like, not every single is great. The video didn't blow me away. It didn't. Like, Constance video blew me away. Holy Roller video blew me away. But the song, Secret Garden, was just something that I want to listen to every day in the mix of things that I listen to. I have to say, like... Secret Garden, it's not a bad song by any means. It sounds like an album song, but mm-hmm. not, hey, let's still wait several months. Like it really it really was the radio song that they need that they needed to put out. And it really kind of has like a color morale vibe to me. Okay. And I yeah. think that's why I like it so much. That's fair. My issue with this is that like so the the first single that is on this album, I, I know there was a track list released or leaked or something yeah either one but i saw it i briefly read it i i didn't really care because i had already bought it at that point i intended mm-hmm. to buy it one of the two mm-hmm. holy roller was released in july 2020 i think that like that that's just way too much span like normally like you have a single right. a couple months go by i can have a single a couple months go, we're almost like an entire year and we're still getting like teased with this like that that's why i'm saying like there's so many yeah. singles before an album Right. And I hope that I'm left with my foot in my mouth about this album. Like, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, And me I'm too. not trying to be like someone like just by no means am I like shitting on this band or anything. Like, I've had a lot of faith and patience with this band. It's just that it almost feels like they have cold feet because they've gotten so used to singles only. They mm-hmm. don't know how to release an album. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm really worried about, and I'm, I'm worried for them. I'm, I'm not, like, worried about my purchase or anything. Like, I, I still want to right. support them. But, you know, the album could suck. It could be yodeling for the rest of it. I'm just happy to support them. <laughs> With four singles being out on the album now, now we have a third of the album. And like I said, it's just not captivating enough for me to spend my money. Yeah, see, like, right now, I feel like I'm the product. Like, it's one of those situations. (laughs) It just feels like an investor situation, like, several people having their money in their business, Mm -hmm. and now we're waiting to see what the product is. Yeah, so it's it's not so much, like, a detrimental thing to me. I think it's just, it's a little bit irritating as as a fan, and it's also, like, you know, kind of makes me cock my eyebrow, like, what the hell's going on? So this either has to be, like groundbreaking like nuts because i'm not gonna lie if it's not i'm gonna be a little bit let down with that weight i mean honestly who cares about getting their vinyl the day of album release like every other band is going through the same problem at this point everyone is used to covid yeah like hey my vinyl won't be here for a few more months okay i can listen (laughs) Mm -hmm. to it on spotify yeah exactly that's how people are listening to music i don't need a physical copy in my hands to listen to it. Do I love collecting vinyl? Sure. Is that how I listen to it every day? No. No. And I mean, there are some people who do, but you know what? You're you're a very, very small minority. 0.01%. Bring my record player to the park ass motherfuckers. Like I said, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but with there being so much hype about this band, I think it's entirely fair to at least raise this question because... I think it's a problem when everyone is saying nothing but good things. That's when you start idolizing a band a little bit too much. I think it's always fair to at least look at the other side. And that's where I sit right now. It's like you said that Spirit Box becomes the nirvana of our modern age. It becomes more about the hype than the music Mm -hmm. itself. Yeah. And like, I'm kind of getting that now. And I'm just like, "Mm." yeah, I kind of feel let on, you know, that's what it feels like. And I tried to not let my emotions get too 
invested into the music anymore just because Mm -hmm. we have to look at this from an objective standpoint to be like is this music actually good or is this just something that's going to fade off in a few days because like i said that's what circle with me was like once you hear enough times you kind of get what you need yeah, I mean, like, I listened to them in 2017 on Spotify, you know, and it, it was just, like, so cool to me to yeah. see, you know, this band that, their, their last band was, like, I Wrestled a Bear, but, like, it, it wasn't that popular. They, they were a name. They were, they were under a household name, though. Yeah. But it was really cool to me to see them kind of just pick themselves up by their bootstraps and, uh, you know, just, just take off for the skies, and then, you know, now I want the reward for it, and I'm just like, what? Wait, what? What? And it's their first album. (laughs) It's their first album. We're still on album one. So, right. Yeah. Enough of that tangent. We're still (laughs) anticipating Spirit Box, but I feel like we're asking very fair questions. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as far as like what my top five going forward for the rest of the year would be, it would be Whitechapel. Because, again, I'll take Radio Silence over releasing four singles and then a three-month waiting period before the album. I'll take the silence and then just, hey, here's a single, and then here's our album. Just like Devil Wars Prada. Exactly. Don't give us that much cooldown time. (laughs) And then number two would be Beartooth. (laughs) That comes out in a month, and... I'm looking forward to that. That's just going to be a fun album. Like, yeah. even if it kind of sucks, it'll probably still be fun <laughs> to listen to. I agree. For you. Like I said, it's almost like Rob Zombie in a way. Like, you don't go to Rob Zombie because you want good music. You go because it's a fun time. Then number three would be Dayseeker. Because I think that band is just so in tune with the music that resonates with people and... Like they're on Twitter, they're hearing what people say, and Rory just writes music that people will relate to. And that's obvious with Hurtwave, with Dayseeker, he's able to just convey his emotions that other people feel. And I'm just excited to hear more heavy stuff from Rory because I think because of Hurtwave, maybe there will be a little bit more of a focus. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I do know that I'd seen something about him recently that Dayseeker was recording new music. Ooh, which is very exciting. I just think that that's highly anticipated for the masses entirely. And then just honorable mention, this is a newer one, but Profiler. They recently signed with Sharp Tone and they released a song called Metamorphosis. Just go listen to it yourself. We don't have time right now to talk about it, but... It is anticipated. It's worthy. It is very, very well done. I'm very impressed. So I guess to kind of tie things up, Jay, have you changed the way that you've been listening to music this year? Or would you say that your taste or outlook on music has changed any? So definitely. I started venturing out more again, I guess. My old habits were like metalcore, deathcore, musicals, and EDM. So like that's that's kind of like my my 2015 like 2010 to 2015 that's where I was at you know and then I have started getting more into emotionally charged music this year very political stuff like Fever 333 uh Stray from the Path um and stuff that has like just real meaning and like raw humanity behind it like make them suffer currents uh like Moths Bola is one of them you know they they are very highbrow uh, lyricism. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate a good dynamic drop now. You know, in the past, I've been like, oh, yeah, Tim Henson's the god of guitar. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll rest my case with that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The breakdown, a riff doesn't have to be like technically intricate mm-hmm. uh, for it to still be good. You know, it can be mm-hmm. placed very well. It can be staged very well. Um, and it you know, it took a lot of, I, I think, growth and reflection for me to realize that. So for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate that coming from you. Thank like you. Right now. I really do. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely found a, a better worth in the metalcore community as a whole. So I, I think it was a very positive year. It, it took a lot for me to get to this point. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of proud of myself. Right on. We're halfway there. And so, Blake, what about you? My taste has evolved in a way that I'm so proud of because of how intently I've listened to everything with even much more of an open mind than ever before. This mindset helps me find music that really moves me and gives me like a purpose to listening to music opposed to a passive listening. 
Right, because you joined the show and you were a listener before, so you had somewhat of a different like approach to music because it's quite a different story when you go from just being a casual listener to being someone who is looking more into things and just observing it yeah. because like I'll admit like reviewing music is the least natural way to like listen to music. <laughs> it is. Everything has to be critical and you're just right. like, why would they choose three fourths time signature at this? <laughs> like who the fuck does? <laughs> I'm just thinking about everything so deeply and just actually listening because there's always a difference between listening and hearing. Yeah. And that's just where I am. And I've always listened to music. And I've always heard music, but in a sense that, you know, how we do our weekly playlists with our, our Patreons, that expanded my music tastes in so many ways. So for the rest of the year, there's like a lot of bands from 2020 that I was that I had just found in 2021 because I was so distracted by all the hype from 2020. Mm -hmm. There's bands like Kwansu, Gutter King. Noija and obviously Outline and Color that I just want to hear more from. And these are bands that really showcase like just really genuine good music mm -hmm. opposed to music that's just hyped up from gatekeepers and put out there and you know like let's just like support the real the real good bands. And I would say from my listening habits this year, I actually kind of came in with I was really ready for a lot of new music because I felt like last year was like getting more adapted to new bands in the metalcore scene and even getting a little bit more adapted to the older names. So I was really ready to come into this year. There being a slew of albums just announced. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for a lot of new music. And here we are. Mm -hmm. There's only two <laughs> releases this year that I've... <laughs> really enjoyed everything else is like maybe not bad mm -hmm. but it's not worth like listening to all year and i think just one of my problems with that is like with we came as romans miss may i white chapel and spirit box because we kind of threw spirit box under the bus but they're not the only band that has an album coming out later in the year mm -hmm. and i just want music right now so i can listen to it throughout the year not get towards the end of the year and be like, okay, now's your new music time. Yeah. Now I'm going to get shotgun blasted to the face by all the new year releases. You know, like sometimes music has to come at the right time. And like, for me, like right now is the right time. And neither me or UJ had brand of sacrifice or the devil wears Prada on our anticipated, but somehow that made our top releases right now. I would go so far as to say they weren't even on my radar. Like I, I knew <laughs> yeah. of them. No, no, they weren't. I knew of them, but like in passing only because I had listened to the after image and like, mm -hmm. I kind of knew the backstory, mm -hmm. but like, that's about it. Like I wasn't about to go look them up anytime soon. So like that was just a chance shot and like, holy shit, like that's Grammy level material there. So I think they would get a Grammy. They should. Let's can can we nominate people for Grammys? Do we have that power? Uh, we we just did. We do now. We did it. Okay, perfect. It happened. They've been nominated for a Grammy. Grammy nominated band, Brand of Sacrifice, with such heartfelt family singles like "Foe of the Inhuman." <laughs> I don't know. Used to I would listen to a lot of old favorites over a lot of new music coming out. And then I came into this year ready for a lot of new music and I didn't want to listen to the older music. Like I didn't even want to listen to music that came out in 2020 because I wanted to focus on this year mm -hmm. and this year's just under delivered. I will say like I was so burnt out on old music, especially like during pandemic. Cause I was just like working on my house, listening to nostalgic stuff, doing it again, doing it again doing it again like so well that's what i was doing but i was enjoying it opposed to you <laughs> not enjoying it. i enjoyed it the first like two times and then i was like all right this is really it no the whole time for me man the whole time <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just ready for new music and this year has kind of been lackluster so far because mm -hmm. while we had brand of sacrifice and the devil as prada and that's good you can only listen to the things you like so many times because I've had to stop myself from listening to the stuff I like so much. That way I don't get burned out on it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last week, 
What have you been listening to, Jay? So in the last week, it has been that new Vola release. It's an album called Witness. You can check it out on Spotify. And uh, if there's any vinyls left, there are vinyls of it, and they are beautiful. I bought two, one for me and a buddy. So that's heavily. And I've actually been uh, I've been listening to the North Lane and Phase One release. Okay. It was uh, Crash and Burn. I don't know. I just... I got a new car and I wanted to turn it up. Breaking that stereo system. Break it in, oh, you know. Get well, that sucker nice and loose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that and uh, I found a interesting like, I don't even know what it is. It's like R&B poetry rap, I guess. Um, it's an artist called Mustafa. But yeah, definitely worth a check out if you like some like chill lo-fi kind of stuff it's it's very neat very real very human but uh yeah blake what about you what have you been listening to uh i've been listening to the new north lane ep which is all acoustic um very into that it was very well done it's it's so well done because i have not heard the alien album at all and i'm waiting to really absorb the 2d ep that north lane released and then go back to alien and listen to it and kind of like understand where they were coming from with that um gutter king as i mentioned earlier and uh, outlining color is, is just an everyday thing also the convictions i won't survive um album is just a fucking banger i started that today i i got to listen to the first song i was impressed enough so i'm going to Try to listen to to the rest of that tomorrow, actually. They do different things. There's like one song I was kind of like, you could have did better. But out of the whole scheme of things, like that is a pretty solid metalcore album for the masses. Believe it or not, listeners, Blake can sometimes be more picky than I am sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is very true. (laughs) But the band Capstan released a song called Shades of Us just a few days ago. Oh, yeah. And that was certainly a nice surprise. I've been jamming that. It's really a mix between like nice melodic choruses and Mm -hmm. then like heavy parts that are very like old Amir esque. It's confusing, but it's enjoyable. I think it's the guitar parts that kind of throw us off a little bit. It has like the dissonant chords. Yeah, yeah. I have still not listened to this, and I guess I need to do that because I I do like like old timey Amir, you know, Solar Flare, Homicide, that kind of deal. Yeah, Friend Without the R. I feel like old Capstan fans will kind of say this is not Capstan and this is different, and they're jumping on a bandwagon or something. But and nothing against Capstan, but if it's gotten our attention, then doesn't that say something good about Capstan? That's what I'm saying. They finally they are finally doing it, doing it right. Right. Because I listened to that I actually listened to that song three times today. So Yeah. It's a song you can have on repeat. But oh yeah. This has been our mid year review of twenty twenty one. And before we go, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who listened to the full episode Let us know on our Instagram what your 2021 anticipated albums were. And I want to give an even bigger thank you to our Patreon supporters. We love you guys and appreciate your support so much. You guys make this show possible. And uh, yeah. With that said, my name's Derek. My name is Jay. My name is Blake. And you'll hear us next Tuesday when we bring you an interview with Rory Rodriguez from Dayseeker and Hurtwave.